0: She is Captain, isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aye, sir. she's ready
1: to go to the stars. Is the Tri Tech Games Podcast. Its mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. I
0: Captain. And now, our host.
1: This is Bruce. This is John.
2: This is Trab.
3: This is Pixie.
4: Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. Your podcast of figuring out the depths of knowledge and going beyond and discovering how things really work.
2: Hack that reality.
4: This week we are starting a, uh, uh, well, it may be a series. We're not quite sure, right? But this is actually a design uh, episode because we are talking about the perfect magic system. We've talked about how between Trav and John and I and other people, we have like, you know, 75, 80, you know, man years of role-playing experience. And we have seen a lot of systems. We've seen ones that were one-shots in in role-playing games that nobody's (laughs) ever heard of, uh, like Element Masters, uh, to, uh, you know, ones that, you know, I don't want to say stood the test of time, but have been around for those thirty-five years, like the tritech system. Uh, and you know, of course, and D and D, of course, has gone through so many changes. I see all these things, and my question is: is that what's the gate? What's the magic system you really want to play? What is the you know? What is the magic system that you wish that someone would write down and do because that's how magic should work. And. You know, we all have different opinions on that, but I'd also, as part of TriTac, I'd like to think in terms of what do we want that let's say the next edition of fringe or bureau, especially Bureau 13. You know, what do we want
0: magic to operate like? You have joined the most secret government agency that you have never heard of, the Thirteenth Bureau of Justice, otherwise known as Bureau 13. You are a government agent charged with the duty of disposing of the greatest unnatural threats to the people and the economy of the United States and Canada. You will work under the knowledge that you are funded by an organization so secret even the highest government officials do not know of your existence. Welcome to the elite band of people who wander the dark streets of the night, ever searching for the horrors that should not exist in this modern age. You are a special agent stalking the Night Fantastic. Hero 13 is a Gen Con award-winning RPG of modern horror and paranormal adventure. It's available from TriTech Games at tritechgames.com in both the original editions and in the D20 edition, with a new Savage Worlds edition coming soon. Remember that wherever the supernatural waits, good and evil, the agents of Hero 13 will be there. But the evil is growing.
4: Moving on to another type of magic anybody can do, and I have calling upon dark forces.
1: Yeah, they help you.
4: Yeah. You, there's, again, you find the name of the arch demon, you know, the the, the true name, and you say it and boom Hester, Haster, Haster,
1: Hester, Haster. Hester, Hester, Hester. 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 Yeah, that's a good example.
4: <laughs> I can think of three good examples. Haster's one of them. But that's not that's bad. It's called yeah, that's great. That's doing magic. You're you're causing magic to happen, all right, but the wrong kind of magic because you're not gonna survive it. Okay. What was the other one? The the type five demon? Uh, well, speaking of the type five demon, um Billy and Mandy. Oh the cartoon, okay. Oh. Yes. They uh they basically they get death and they beat him in a game. And he's their bud. He ha- he basically he's well, bed. he's not their bud. He's their bitch. He has to do what <laughs> they
1: say. That and we're PG thirteen, folks. So that was our one bad word. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm saying is
4: that you you call upon a dark force, and that and oh. that that dark force does whatever ma- does the magical thing you want to happen.
2: Okay. Here's the thing, though. Usually, dark forces, and this is generally a a fantasy convention. It's a trope, I think. The term is yes. They're gonna sit. Yeah, they'll do what you ask, but it never comes free. They will or, try to um, screw you over later. Um, even genies are like that. I sure.
3: Just, yes, they they've done this in the Fairly Odd Parents when Timmy got a hold of a genie's bottle.
2: Uh-huh. Never mind. He had two fairies. But, he gave but,
3: the, but there were specific things in the rules they couldn't do. Right. The genie can do those things, but it would always look. For, it would always do it in such a way because. Oh no! My being the kid, he has no
2: loopholes. Well, no. I mean, my thing, and I, I don't know it's if like, you. I think I've mentioned this to you, Josie, in passing. Yeah, I'll play a genie. Or as a GM Yeah you get a wish But it's not gonna I want a million dollars So that genie will sit there and take the money From everybody within a five mile radius And drop it in your lap Yeah you have a million dollars But you now have 20 people wanting your head on a pipe Because you ended up with their money So calling on dark forces Is never ever Unless you are and, And most humans are not this way Unless you are so good with semantics and you're able to, you know, really just outdo the dark force where they are bound to you like Billy and Mandy, like Bruce Mm -hmm. mentioned, usually that demon is going to outdo you because that demon has centuries, if not millennia on you. He knows all the loopholes and most humans are not that good.
1: Yeah. right yeah we do know that they do you know that there are some guards because there is no there haven't been large explosions of gold when someone wishes for all the gold in the world not realizing 90 percent of it is at the core under pressure at about a million degrees centigrade <laughs> No.
4: okay yeah and and probably that and probably the demon doesn't know that either thank goodness
2: yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, now there's a sinkhole under Johannesburg. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. Uh, right. Uh, uh, leprechauns, same idea. You know, uh, yeah. if, you, if you look at a leprechaun, he cannot teleport away, and you can walk up to the leprechaun. You can grab the leprechaun as long as he can't distract you and get you to look away, and then you can demand a wish from him. Okay. So or her, and uh, you know, so that's that's and anybody can do that. All right? Um, the movie uh, Labyrinth is all about that, right? At the very beginning, she's like her brother's bothering her and and she says oh, I mustn't say the words. I mustn't say the words. And meanwhile, you know, uh, Jared, you know, she's like saying she doesn't say it yet. Listen. Okay. And, and until she says the words, they can't do anything. But as soon and finally she says, it says I wish the, the, I wish the goblins would come and take my brother right now. Boom, he's gone. The second she finishes that st- statement, she's gone. She's just a normal person. She doesn't have magical powers. But by saying the, the proper words, the goblin king comes and takes her brother. Not only that, but later on in the movie, it sounds like he's making a joke. But he really isn't. He says at the end, Do you see how I have exhausted myself on your behalf? If you'll just do what I say, I will be your slave. See, it's it's all about the fact that he is constrained to everything that he's done has been for her benefit. Okay. It's been for to complete what she has asked for, is what she wants. Yeah. So to, to basically follow the story that's in this book that she's carrying around. Okay, he's basically, he's, he's having to act out this story. And um and and he has lots of power. I mean, he makes time go forward. He teleports her around. He does a bunch of stuff. So he, you know, there's, there's lots of times when he's actually casting magical effects. So this really does fall into that calling upon a dark force.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, most dark forces will, you know, if you figure you want to call up a demon, They'll arrange things so it's really easy for you to do that book you need, hey, there it is in the bookstore or in that old bookstore you found on the alleyway, which doesn't exist anymore afterwards, you know, things like that, yeah you know. fell
3: off the shelf in front of
1: you, yeah,
4: that right. yeah yeah right. and uh, in supernatural, they use it all the time, okay? they're called crossroad demons, anybody who wants to. It just basically goes and takes takes some stuff and shoves it into a into a can and buries it at a crossroads and waits 15 minutes or something on a I don't know if it's on a film one I can't remember all the details. Boom, there's a crossroad demon there, and then you can make a bargain for your soul. They are willing to give pretty much you anything that you want because to you something that's not valuable at all is infinitely valuable to them. They see your soul as great value. You don't, so you're willing to trade for it, you know. Yeah. So, but the point is, is that you are invoke calling upon a dark force, and you're just an average Joe. So this is what I'm talking about, you know. That this is the kind of magic that anybody can do.
1: Yeah. Now, so talking about summoning magic, because it's it written in the game, Matthias Bolt. He actually does cast summoning spells. Yeah, and but I think he's also probably got some good lawyers on retainer to make sure that he's got all of the T's dotted and all the eyes, you know, oh, the T's so crossed and the eyes dotted. Yeah, yeah,
2: no, he does. He's not going to. This is a man who know he's been, I believe, a carcist is what they call. Yes, he's the, yeah, he's a carcist. Yeah, he Venus. being a carcist, semantics is going to be the order of the day. He yeah. will have the lawyers to make sure. And he's probably bound a demonic lawyer in order to oh, make sure that, that...
3: that would be the... Worst. Fighting
2: fire with fire, basically.
3: Yes.
4: Right, right. But see, he's not an everyday person. He is somebody who actually
1: is a mage, who actually is casting a spell to summon these demons. Yeah. It, it does remind me, though, there was an SPI, I think it was an SPI game, about demon summoning. But what made it interesting is that they actually had demon summoning spells from the Book of Solomon from an old book of supposedly from the book of Solomon in there. These are, you know, they said, these are actual demon summoning spells. And we're looking at going, this is the Bureau of v- 13 adventure. We're just waiting to happen. This is what I'm talking about. That's a ritual. You know,
4: you follow the ritual and bang, you've got a demon there. You know, it's, it's one in three combined, you know? So yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. And an everyday person can do this. Now it's usually to a very bad effect on them in the short or long run, but yeah, I mean, if nothing else, it's got to be a sin. Come on. <laughs> uh, you know, so uh, I, I don't know how that falls within the Catholic um, uh, hierarchy of, 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 of cardinal versus venial sins.
2: Oh, you, oh but, you mean the five the five deadly sins?
4: Yeah. Yeah, is it one of them? I don't know. But, you know, but yeah, but still, it's the point is that you don't have to be a mage in order to do any of these things I just mentioned. Rituals, yeah. alchemy— Calling upon dark forces And the fourth one which is Activating a magic item
2: Activating magic items I would do that under the presumption Of either Well usually it would be Spells were prevalent Ages ago And then magic dissipated And weakened over the millennia And now if you want to cast Any type of spell You have to do it through these items Either there is a staff or there's a book, or there's a ring, or a wand, or a cloak. <laughs> and um, the D20 modern class, the occultist, when if you want to <laughs> run a relatively low-level magic campaign, was really good for that. No, he could not cast spells at all. But he was the guy, if you had some magical artifact or found a scroll, he'd be your man to be able to use it.
1: Yeah, I would say a lot of these. If 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 it's not being cast by magic, these are things like, oh, like Perseus with the shield and the helmet and the sword. If you find a ring in Ebonloom, go find the Ebonlooms and say, "Here, it's back."
4: Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea.
1: <laughs>
4: but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, the, the, like the 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 boots, okay, that allows them to fly, okay, or you know, um, uh, uh, or. If you, you know, or or the, the flying carpet of Aladdin, okay? I mean, he didn't he wasn't a mage. He just got on it and commanded it to go and it goes. Okay. In D in, in the first edition D D, the, the wand of magic missile was a, was a magic item that anybody could use. You didn't have to be a mage in order to use it. All the other magic wands you had to be a mage, but that one anybody could use. I think there is some like there are a few necklaces too you anyone could use as well. Sure. there's lots and lots of all, most of the wondrous magic items uh, in uh, in d and d can be used by anybody. And so that's what I'm saying is that you can be somebody and even and even do that in the um myth adventures uh, by Robert aspirin. yeah, uh, one of the one of the uh, people that they run into is a, a very fat uh spellcaster by the name of Moz. Maz, okay? And and as it turns out, she didn't have any magical power at all. She had like she was covered with magic items. There were rings and necklaces and wristbands and sashes and things like that. She was what they refer to as a mechanic, because she would just use these items to cast spells or get you know, produce magical effects as if she was a powerful magic user. And later on, after seeing after seeing uh, Skeev. Uh, she uh said, "Hey, i really want to learn real magic. Would you please teach me and so he starts you know uh teaching her how to do the little magic that he knows how to do, but so there was definitely a difference you know there were definitely people who were using magic who had no magical ability outside of that
1: yeah I'm just thinking so and there's not all magic items are things you know we, you know the infamous monkey's paw. You know, you know that's one. Of course, I always said, okay, you have, but the monkey's paw is a left hand. What about monkey's other hand? <laughs> <laughs> He's using and that you know, to scratch his butt. Well, you know, <laughs> one, one hand, one one hand is the sinister hand; the other one is the right hand. Rectus, you know, rectus, yeah, whatever. rectus. It's rectus. It's the correct word. R-E-C, yeah, it's the correct word. So if one does evil, does the other one do good? Maybe. You never know.
4: <laughs> and you got this poor monkey running around with no hands.
2: Oh, it's like, it's like that old thing. It's like, yeah, rabbit's foot is lucky. Not for the rabbit it's not. It's Absolutely. Not no, that's a bad day for the rabbit. Yeah, yeah. yeah of yeah. course,
1: because there's some people who use the monkeys, the monkey's paw, and then they get this six-foot-tall hot dog with mustard. All right. So, do you all like this? All you know, these things that I've listed. As uh, do you
4: like the idea of there being magic in the game that anybody can use, that anybody can do? Not always, It's not always It's not saying it's easy to do, but it's available for people. Yeah, are- I like
2: that because wh- it shows that with the right practice or the right access to the forces, yeah, anybody can. But usually, those things are. Well, hidden enough where you really got to research. And you also, know a lot of times they end badly.
1: Yeah, and also a lot of it does depend on belief, too. I mean, if you don't think it's going to work, you're not going to put a lot of time studying into it and, doing, and getting all the necessary bits.
2: And Well, because it usually in the settings, magic is relegated to myth, fiction, it's a joke, ha ha, yeah, sure they did it.
3: Even if you do find this strange... Book of rituals or whatever, you're just gonna think, eh,
2: it was something written a thousand years ago. Yeah, and, it's it, stories. And, and yeah,
3: even if you do decide to do it, it's gonna be for a laugh at best. You're gonna
2: until you find yourself levitating going, Holy crap, this is real! Yeah,
4: yeah, or yeah, you're right, Josie. If you don't believe in it, you're not going to you do, do it. it. I'm sure that all those people that do that fall ritual to increase the uh. Uh, fertility of their fields, if they didn't believe that it was going to happen, they wouldn't do it, especially if it involves a lot of sacrifice, you know, so, so, so yeah, there's belief involved, but I'm, I'm saying is that I don't think that necessarily you have to believe like a, like a, like you're praying it into existence, you know, the, the, you know, for that to happen. I mean, it's, uh, you, your belief is just a motivator. It isn't actually a constituent of the actual creation of the item.
1: All it takes is one drunken night, and you wake up, and there's a mermaid in your bed, and you're going, okay, yeah. well, that spell did work. Yeah, the difference I'm
4: making here is, is like in the banes, okay? You yeah. have the banes where I've got a cross, okay? I hold the cross up before the vampire, the vampire... <laughs> and he shrinks away, okay? And then we have Fright Night where you hold the cross up before the vampire and the vampire goes, "You got to believe, buddy." And, and and of course the person is an, is an atheist and yeah. the vampire comes in and gets him. So, that's the difference between needing to believe for it to happen and believing that the cross was going to work and it does work because the cross itself is what is what is is the bane, not your belief. As a necessary constituent.
1: Actually, the best the best thing I remember this is from the old uh, 80s uh, X-Men. Uh a vampire was attacking the X-Men and Wolverine does the cross with his you know his claws. Nope, didn't doesn't work. Vampire get, knocks him aside. Kitty grabs a cross, kitty probably grabs a cross, doesn't work. He gets close to her and then he goes, Ah, because she's wearing her star of David. Yeah,
4: I remember and she again. does
1: believe yeah. <laughs> yeah. she does believe in that.
4: Right, so I mean, you can you can decide that you want that you know to be in your game too, but uh, uh, you know, that's and that's going to complicate things because then you have to have some kind, you know, then you have to throw in that piety score, you know, yeah. to make it to make everything happen. So not only are you casting a spell, you you know, uh, you know, using whatever things you use to cast the spell for success, you also have to factor in how much belief does this person have in order to, you know, to to warp reality. You know, again, we're going more toward the warping reality based upon your will than anything else.
1: Though in that one, that's, I think it has to be more dealing with deities and 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 the, the demology than it would be uh, actually doing magic. You might be able to do magic, but you also may also be a practical, you may be an atheist, but you say, I use magic. Well, how do you do that? Well, you yeah. know, I don't have to believe in God's veil to use magic. <laughs>
4: Yeah, John, I'm, no one's questioning that. We haven't in any way bound magic to gods at this point, you know? So, all right. So everybody everybody seems to like the four items that I put up here under... Is, uh, is there magic that anybody can do, right? Uh,
2: yeah. Okay. How about you, Josie? you good with all this? Um, four that we came up with. Rituals, alchemy, calling upon dark forces, and activating magic items.
3: yeah. These are
4: things we want everybody to be able to do if they happen. You know, they, they, you don't have to be a mage in order to make these things happen.
3: Because of the prevalence of these things, it, it does make sense that if you know about these things, you could do it, even yeah. if you can't normally do right. things you yourself. You just need it's-
2: access to one of those four things, and you can do magic if you are just willing to take the time
3: go through
2: I'd actually
3: it actually
1: put the effort in the yeah putting effort of yeah. Just, you know. and, and, and number three calling upon dark forces i actually would modify that to calling on arcane forces so that would cover both light Angels, dark and, and
2: demons yeah yeah and I, neutrals. I,
1: I, yeah i was just using that term
4: it can be calling upon any um you know any supernatural being the you know the, the the you know the spirit in the well if, you're, if you if especially if you want to go more toward the uh, oriental because they have lots and lots of spirits that they're invoking all the time.
1: Yeah, and your example of David Bowie's uh, Goblin King, I wouldn't call him evil. He he was more or less neutral. He was very neutral. I agree. He you know he was
4: he was mischievous at mischievous at best. I would never call him evil.
1: <laughs> now the Goblin King from the Wizard of Oz, he's evil. <laughs> okay. I'll take your word for that. I haven't read that much of it. Okay.
4: All right. Yeah. So it's now okay. So we have time, I think, for one more. Which means one more maybe, bullet
1: point. Yeah. One more bullet point,
4: before <laughs> that, and before it's twelve, and we kind of have to stop. Yeah. So
1: and we, uh, we, and we all turn to
4: pumpkins. See, magic that anybody can do. <laughs> all right. So this is one point five. You know, because I'm kind of shoehorning it between the two. But it's uh, yeah. That's that was in the list as one point five yet to get to the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, okay, we're we're kind of like jumping a little bit in the system here, but mostly what I'm really saying is um it says, "Is there a when in your magic system that you're using, is there a um a concrete number of points that you use to determine whether how many spells you can cast and when you're out of casting ability?" or is it is casting done purely from the standpoint of I did the spell correctly I can keep doing it all day long as long as I keep doing it correctly and this is you know this is where we we kind of talk toward you Josie because isn't that exactly how it's done with the wands in Harry Potter tell us professor Josie
2: yeah come on school me professor let's go yeah
4: pontificate yes in Harry Potter they seem to be able to cast spells as often as they like okay as long as they perform the you know the, the hand wave motion or whatever it is that they do in order to make the magic happen they can do it all day long if they want to
3: that what we're what you see in the Harry Potter series is from the perspective of students learning to control their magic to properly use it. They're being taught simple spells. Things that can be used over and over again as long as you know how to do it. But more powerful ones like for instance what Dumbledore's throwing around. Those those take more magical power to use. And even if even though someone like him doesn't doesn't appear to feel the effects of using such power, someone like Hermione wouldn't be able to use that as often.
4: Well is there a case in the in the in the Harry Potter universe where someone basically ran out of energy?
3: You know, I haven't actually gone back and read them in a while, but I think that I think that concept does exist. Okay. The, well Okay. The, it, the Magical Exhaustion concept has been explored several times, I believe. Okay. okay.
4: Well, because I know that it seems like they can apparate as many times as they want to. They're doing it constantly during a ba- a couple of battles or a couple of situations in uh, Magical Beasts and, and Where to Find Them. They're, right. They're just basically bouncing all over the place like it's nothing. Okay, yeah. so...
3: Because they're fully grown witches and wizards They've reached their magical maturity Their mm-hmm. power is much greater than a younger person's Right, but
4: still, we're talking about a competent mage Essentially can operate all day long yes. At the end, they're waving their wands and walking around And literally reconstructing an entire city full of skyscrapers
3: Ah, uh, I see you saw that
4: Yes, certainly did so, you know, spoilers.
3: Well, <laughs> I think if anybody hasn't seen it by now,
2: yeah, it's
3: it's I don't a- think
4: that changes really anything. If you watch the movie,
3: <laughs> not really. No.
4: OK, well, um, if but, you really care, yes. I'll, I'll cut it out. Um, but you see what I'm saying is that you know, in Harry Potter, they seem to be as long as they do it Right. They can do it all day long The per- If you were a mage and you were You're running a magical soup kitchen You know, you could, you know, cat You could wave your wand and the food would run around And combine and make as many Strudels as you wanted it to You know, as long as you had the, the fixings
3: As long as you had the- right. They, right, they do that As long as okay. you know how to do it You can Do it as many times as you right. want That's That's yeah. what we actually see
4: Right, and you're saying that in the case of where there's, you know, in really powerful spells like that huge flame blast that he that that Dumbledore does to chase away the the skeletons or evil spirits when they're trying to.
3: We aren't shown the downsides of the story. You really have to get in depth into the actual universe to realize that there are downsides to that amount of power they're throwing around. Okay. It appears like they can just use that whenever they want to, but you no- but you do notice even in the core series, there's a distinct difference between two different people. Again, using Hermione and Dumbledore as the examples, two different people—they're not throwing around the same amount of power.
4: Right. Well, you know one that's 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 another thing which which we'll have to talk about, which is that you know, can magic get out of control? So no, you know can.
3: It,
4: it seems like you know, in the case of uh, Hermani, you know, magic is she's a student, so magic for her is like pushing an ever bigger boulder up a hill. You know yeah. uh, so no matter how hard she tried, she could never produce the effect that Dumbledore did. And, you know, until she became a full-fledged wizard, and even then, she might need the Elder Wand. Okay, uh, but the things that she does do, she seems to do very well, and and doesn't seem to have any problems doing it repeatedly.
3: Because she's learned how to do it properly without any mishaps involved. Right.
4: So that's what I'm saying like, is, is if that if you look
3: that, at um, what's his name, Seamus Finnegan um, tries to turn water into rum And ends up, ends up Quite literally blowing up, up in his face mm-hmm. Ooh.
4: Ooh. But he okay. could try to turn that water into rum All day long if he wanted to
3: If he wanted to And eventually he might get it right
4: Right So that's that was my, my point only That there doesn't seem to be a limit To the magical power the, the, That they can affect it's really just a matter of control and um, and the ability to produce the result that they want. Right. And right.
3: getting this, mishaps during learning. Right.
4: Sure, sure. But see, this is in comparison to other systems, you know, for example, where in D you have spell levels where you have only X number of spells per level, and once you use them up, they're gone. Okay. Or other spells like the Tritac system that had a magic a, a pool of working magic points or mana points, that is is used in other uh, systems, the, and
3: the Final Fantasy series,
4: right? And once you use them up, they're gone, and until they re- replenish themselves, you can't cast any magic or any more magic. Right? right? Okay. Yeah. So that's right. what I'm saying is that there's, there's, you know, uh, so th- there's, that's what I'm saying. These are kind of the two diametrically opposed sides of this question of. Of of, you know where you know what you know how does magic work you know is is you know is there a a a, a base limiter or can you just or is it is limited purely by your own skill John actually is playing at both sides because he he you know in in his uh, fringe worthy thing with the magic. He said uh, in Savage Worlds, there's no magic points, which normally there is in in Savage Worlds. You just, the the, the harder the spell is, the bigger minus you have on success. And if you fail,
1: then you just can try again the next round. Yeah. And and, uh, now there is a spell failure. If you do roll a critical, you can hurt yourself. Yeah. But that's
4: still, that still doesn't really change what you're essentially doing is you removed magic points out of the equation.
1: Yeah, but it does become more complex. I mean, you know, simple. You know, spells have a complexity level now. You have to worry about, and if you try to do more than one, try to have more than one spell running at a time, it gets more complex. So you're juggling. You're juggling more things, and it gets harder to do. Right, but still, it's it's
4: it, you know, you're not limited by some external absolute list of spell points that can be an operation. No, just by skill. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's what I'm saying so we have our five options here that under that which is first no you can spell as fast as you can cast which is the Harry Potter you know uh, 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 universe and that's that's how magic works in the Harry Potter world okay but then we have two which is no yeah, uh, there are no magic points but the level effect is dependent upon the source of magical energy available. So if you are, you're still drawing magic from somewhere, but, you know, and if you have lots of it available, if you're staying on a ley line or, you know, you, you have a you know, strong, you know, uh, you're, you're holding on to your magical familiar, you've got lots and lots, you know, you've got lots of magic and you can produce bigger effects because you have all this extra magic there to work with. Uh, that's the second option. So you can still do it all day long. But you know, if you if if for some reason you you're uh you lose, you know, you you're in a place where there isn't good magic, then the effect will either be less or you're not going to be as successful at casting the spells as you would have been if you were someplace more um uh beneficial, more more positive toward what you're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, standing in the middle of a of a lava field casting magics, <clears throat> fire spells is probably a lot easier to do than in the middle of on standing on a glacier. Yeah.
1: The, it, for folks who don't know Leila, it, it's basically it's like a flow like a river of magic, is the best way to put it I, I can think of. It's yeah it's a river of magic and wizards tend to find where more than more, more than one ley line cross. And that's where they usually build their towers. Cause no, Hey, I'm on, I'm on two ley lines. I got power. Yeah. You know, there's, there's
4: another place also. Okay. And I have a book on this. And as there's places where the magical energy actually spirals up, you know, and therefore it basically, it, you know, cause a lot of the times the ley lines are actually under the earth. They're not actually on the surface, so there's these places where the mag for some reason the magical energy might be because they cross, but it could just be the this one place the magical energy spirals up, and so that makes that ener- that place very rich in magic. You know, if you're standing in that area, and it makes an excellent and that's where you'd find all your best magical academies, by the
1: way. But I was just thinking about this because I'm looking at the different things that you you have the you know the, especially number three, which is uh to the question are is there magic points or uh, depending casting correctly and that's no, And you're casting to throttle the effect not to boost the effect so in that case you're in a magic rich what you're saying is you're in a magic rich environment then
4: yes you are you're in a very magic rich environment there where when you're casting a spell what you're trying to do is avert disaster by when you do it it's like you know i'm i'm you know you know I'm trying to I don't know it's, I can't think of a, a good description is like you know I'm I, I, I'm basically you know trying to open and shut a valve on a big huge tank of gasoline, trying to get only like enough to fill this cup.
2: You're trying' trying to use you're trying to finesse an effect instead of brute yeah. force.
1: Well, he was talking about levitation, where you're trying to levitate a, a one-ton object. Just remember, it's on a lever from your brain to the one-ton object, and what you don't want is the one-ton object to go down, and your brain's at the other end of that lever. <laughs> Bad oh, okay. things can happen at that point.
4: Well, yeah, but what I'm talking about is more like what you're trying to do is not cause a tremendously big, enormous effect. Where, you know, um, in, in Dilvish the Damned, he knew like three magical spells. Every single one of them would destroy a city. And he could never cast any spells because every spell he knew would destroy the, the entire area he was standing in. You know, he and he was trying to find mages to teach him small spells so that he could cast <laughs> useful things.
1: Yeah. Um uh, would you consider uh the sorcerer sorcerer apprentices effect to be one of these situations?
4: Yeah. He basically goes and he basically turns on the faucet and and, and, and he, the animation faucet and he doesn't turn it off or he doesn't know how to turn it off. And so they just keep going and going and going and when he's and, and when he breaks them up they, they, they grow up and turn into more of them and go out and do it some more. So he he can't turn off that faucet. He can't control it. He's literally opened it up and is pouring out. And the thing he's talking about are mops and buckets full yeah, of water. Yeah, mops and buckets. Yeah, full of water. So the whole place is literally filling up with water because of what they're doing. And he has no way of stopping it. You know, he basically doesn't know how to turn off the faucets.
1: You just got to wait for Nicholas Cage to show up and take care of it.
4: Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or you're somebody who goes over, you know, let's say there's a a, a dam and let's say the dam through, because we're talking magic here, is made out of paper and you go and stick your finger through the hole and a little bit of dribble of water comes out and then the paper s- s- tears a little bit and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So I'm saying is that that's like number three, whereas it's you know, you're when you cast you can cast spells all day long, but you don't really want to because you know you because you're afraid that you know you're 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 casting in fear and trepidation because if you don't have absolute control, something really bad is going to happen every time you cast.
1: That just reminds you of the that one line from um uh, from Myth Conceptions. Um uh, when he was asked why, why, he, why he was so timid with his fire spell, he was afraid he was going to set fire to a house in the process with it. You know, you see, you know, that's a very thing. I mean, you know, when you, what do you think they teach the kids cantrips first, just so they can learn, learn magic and learn, learn some control before they give them things that actually can hurt people?
4: Right. Yeah, now D&D doesn't have that kind of a system. You have to be higher level. You have to be more powerful before you can cast the more powerful spells. It's kind of the reverse of this. You know, It's like saying, yeah, you can cast uh, Firestorm if you want to, and it's going to happen everywhere when you do that. You'll have no control over where it starts or where it ends and how long it lasts, okay? But you can cast Produce Flame reliably because that's what you know how to do. So yeah, it's that that's that's what we're kind of talking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is thing I do with my when I run a fate game using magic, um, is basically your control really depends on how well you roll. And if you roll really bad, well, hey, the spell came off. You just not the way you wanted it to come off at that point. And, yeah, and the fire, especially if you're standing on a ley line when you cast it, you you now made something that's self-powered now, and now you got to figure out how to turn it off. You know, Ley lines. Yeah, basically, yeah, but that's talking about how things are powered and that's different. But yeah, it's, it's still, it's, uh, it can even be true for a non mana point system, I would say, where if you do a spell wrong, you, you may have made it self, self run, and basically renewable. Basically, it, it loops. It's basically, it's kind of infinite loop to use a programmer's term. You know, you didn't do the spell just right. Now it just keeps it running.
3: Oh,
4: yeah. But, but this is basically number three is kind of the reverse of number two, because in number two, you were hoping to do a better effect because you want there to be a good magic source there for you to do that effect from if you have a bad ma- if you have you know a poor magical source then you're not going to be able to do as much this is the reverse this is saying there's tons of magic and i'm trying to keep a lid on it i'm i'm trying to steer you know steer the bull that i'm riding in the right direction with my hands you know it's, that's what that's what number f- 3 is about then we get to number 4 which is yes there are magic points and if there isn't enough magic points you fail no matter how well you cast and that's D D, that's the Tri-Tax system, that's uh, Savage Worlds. That's 90 percent of the magic systems out there are number four.
1: Yeah, and some actually, if you use all your magic points, you're really tired. You need to take a nap now. <laughs>
4: right. Well, that's a secondary thing. Yeah. Okay.
1: And uh yeah, cause that's,
4: that's fine. Uh and then we, you know, and so I don't really need to talk about number four because everyone should be f- pretty much familiar with that. Yeah. So number five, however, okay, is something that actually is in the tritech system as well, okay, but it's really more towards psionics with, with wild psi, which is, yes, there are magic points, but if you don't have enough magic points... The spell is going to get it anyway, it's going to go off anyways, but it's going to get the magic from wherever it has to. Even if it has to, like, turn you into a shriveled old, old, old geezer.
2: You lose, like, every, what is it, every two... For every one WKM you need, it takes like two hit points or something like that. Yeah, along basically, it leeches bioforce from you, Yeah, right.
1: Or constitution,
4: one or the other. Yeah, I th- or it's it sucks all you know all all the plants around you are dying, or you know you know the, the house literally weathers and
1: collapses. I can't remember if GURPS fantasy actually had that, where you could actually tap your hit points or constitution to power the uh, spell at that point. I don't remember.
4: I I've only seen it in Tritac, actually. I mean, I know I'm not I, I don't know every magic system out there, so I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't more. But yeah,
2: I think there is a third party OGL PDF called Overcasting, and mm-hmm. basically that's what it is. Is like, yeah, you can cast higher level spells, but you're going to pay for it. And I think it was usually in the form mm-hmm. of hit points. Yeah okay.
1: and to and to our listeners who are familiar with the Nick Palada novels magic there costs life as you cast a spell you got older remember the one wizard basically made himself 80 years old by casting that one spell yeah but
4: but normally he 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 gets better i mean he he'll reju- he'll rejuvenate a- after he gets a rest but but in that particular case, he really went over the top. I mean, and you're right, you know, and that and he ended up being 80 years old and permanently.
1: Yeah. So when we we're putting together D twenty D twenty Bureau thirteen, we said no.
4: Yeah. That
2: just, there's
1: no way to do there's no way to do that without killing characters.
4: Well, that's okay to do that if they're as long as it's willfully done. You know.
2: Well, now there's another PDF I have, uh, Dark Horse Games called Temporality. Now the aging for casting. It's because temporality has to do with time magic in OGL games. So the level of spell. If you're casting a ninth level spell, you're going to age nine months. For every level of the spell, you age a month. So there's a lot of human spellcasters. They're trying to be chronomancers, and it's because you're tampering with time itself to warp reality. There's a price.
4: Yeah. Or you, or you want to become? Assuming that magic isn't linked to your body, you become uh, body jumpers. All right. So those are the five things I came up with. Is there any? Can any you guys think of any more? You know, iterations of this that would be meaningful. I think we're good. Okay. All right. Well, then it comes down to the voting. Okay. Uh, I myself like number five the best. I think people like. Having um, you know a spell pool that they can improve, it gives them something to work on. It tells them their limits. You know, it's 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 basically a structure in which they can work. I think that a lot of RPG players like that. Okay, and so you know, and I kind of like the crunch that that involves as well. Uh, you know, it does have it does have the the problem that you are limited, so you can't cast all day. Uh, Unless, of course, you want to have two different kinds of magic in your world Where some things you can cast all day and other things take magic points It's up to you how you want to do that But in general, I like number five And I especially like the fact that if you want to You can go over the top if you're willing to pay the price And, of course, it allows you in, in, in Bureau 13 To create psychotic people that are willing to go over the top you know, and pay the price because they got nothing worth living or, you know, they, you know, they, they, for one other reason or not, they're willing to pay the price in order to bring off something really horrific, you know, that they shouldn't be able to do, but they're going to do anyways.
1: Yep. And it's usually something very petty while they're doing it. She dumped me. Yeah. <laughs> That's usually the number one reason why people go off and get magic spells and do stupid things. They've been dumped. <laughs>
4: Uh, well, you're you're have- not wrong, John.
3: <laughs> you're, not <Yeah>. arguing. <laughs> you're
4: like a woman's scorn. Yeah. Oh, saw, you know. Southern. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, they, they say that most of the wars have been fought due, due to sexual frustration. So, you know, somebody trying to impress somebody. We're going to talk about Tentric Magic later, though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's in the next section, actually.
2: Yeah. For me, I would say either four or five that either. Yeah, if you don't have magic points Then you just can't cast a spell Or Yeah, if there's no magic points You can draw it from other places But it will have some Adverse effect So it's like Okay, I'm getting tired I'm having to cast these spells I'm in the middle of a battle Okay, I still need to cast these spells At this point, I don't care what happens Even if I drop dead I have to keep casting this spell and all of a sudden you're realizing that somebody around you all of a sudden, you know, gets sick or, you know, a tree withers away, but you're still having to cast the spells. And that number five, it might have an adverse effect that you could bring into the game. It's like, yeah, you know, it it rusted a weapon or it... Weakened an opponent or an ally So I like either 4 or 5 Oh, well, you're really saying number 5
4: Trav by saying that so.
2: Well I mean Because the only
4: difference between well, 4 and 5 Is that 5 includes the possibility of, of
2: Right of, I mean if you really want to go That route If not I would just say 4 If you don't have the points you can't cast anymore I mean if you really want to go
4: all well, What up, do you want to do when you want When you play Okay, which would you which would you like better? Being able to make the extra effort if you really wanted to, or to say, hey, we're done, we're done. The bad guy can't do that either. You know, the bad guy can't suddenly pull something out of their butt if they're willing to, you know, wither a leg or something.
2: Well, yeah, I I mean, I think you guys know by now I'm willing to go that extra mile. I wanna, you know, I like having effect FX as they called it in D20 modern in my games. So right. I would say five. Four, All right. Four would be if I'm trying to be nice to my players. But if I yeah. really want bad things to happen or weird things to happen, I would pick the five, yeah. Okay. How about you, John?
1: Well, if I'm running Savage Worlds, it's number one. Basically, it's, you can cast spells until you basically really blow it and you have to go off and, and, and walk it off. Uh, but two and three, but three only in special locations, like the confluence of multiple ley lines you know where you basically you're standing in the, you're standing in the fire hose you now you're trying to control the control which way it goes
2: yeah basically in a ley line nexus yeah there's too much power for one human to handle usually that would be something like okay we need to have a cabal of like five wizards to rein this in yeah
4: right well you you can still ha- you can still have that in other things john i'm just talking about in
1: general not just in you know one particular place In that case, uh, one uh, one uh, you know you can cast as fast you know as fast as you can cast for Savage Worlds, and two for uh, uh, my Fate games, where basically you get if you're in the right spot you get a bonus. If you do if you create an advantage, you get a bonus. Basically, it's you know giving yourself an advantage somehow. And so number two more covers that, but I would throw in number three if you're in the wrong place. Hey, you know, John, I hate to break this to you, but I'm asking you to make a choice. I am. No, you're choosing
4: three things. That's not making a choice. This isn't three out of five. It's one out of five. But
1: I have situations where all three. I don't all care. Pick, apl- pick the one that jazzes you the most. Okay, I'll go with number two. Number two. All right. <laughs> but I will do one and three. I I totally understand, John. I
3: understand.
1: <laughs> you know, this is this is you. This
4: is your nature. I understand. But you like the idea that that the. Um, You can't cast. Number two says you can't cast all the time, you know. And uh, oh, I'm sorry. You can't cast all the time, but you have to be someplace where the you have to have a good source of magic in order to get good effects. That's right. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's all right. How about you, Josie? As far as which one
2: was far? Uh, yeah. Yes, and if there isn't magic points, then you just can't cast.
4: Do you want there to be magic points, and 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 do you want them to be limited? Yeah.
3: I I like that one. So, where I, you just—it's
2: a hard limit. Where okay, once you're out of PPE, you're done for the day.
3: You can't cast it if you don't have enough there.
2: Okay, so it'd be number four. Okay,
4: okay. So we got. One for two, one for four, and two for five.
3: Okay.
4: Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Well, I, um, you know, I think we better stop because you know the next one's big. <laughs> Where does magic come from? And I'm sure I we'll be talking about. This,
2: I have a feeling this might be like a three taping.
4: Oh no, I expect this. I I said when before we talked about doing this that. We want I wanted to talk about how we wanted you know magic to work in the tritag games in general and maybe to think about you know when we do do new additions or if we just want to put this out as a separate supplement saying hey based upon our years of experience this is the kind of magic system that we think would be most fun in anybody's game so uh, basically setting dependent of course
2: it would be something like we just call it Magic in the Tri Tech universe, and just okay, here we go. Yeah, okay,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, Melody is busy working on something. I wish we Melody was here because she's actually working on a rule, rule system and her version of magic. Oh,
4: that I didn't know that you should have invited her.
2: Oh,
1: yeah, I totally forgot about
2: that. uh, Colleen, wanted, uh, Goth Bunny Pixie's mother wanted to join, but just she what just physically wasn't up to it so.
4: All right, so we've started on our adventure of trying to come up with a magic system that we want to use in general in a, in a variety of games, the kind of magic system that jazzes us up. And, you know, we've talked about how does magic work, okay? Is there magic that anybody could do? And then the final question this week was, how much magic can you cast? Can you do it all day? Uh, you know, without worrying about failure or is there limitations on it, but you can still do it all day or is magic, you know, something that has to come out of a pool of magic that has a kind of a granularity to it that you, once you're done, you're out, you know, the pool is gone or is it possible even when the pool is gone to get magic from uh, extreme sources so that you can do what you're trying to do, but it comes with a great cost. So these are, you know, uh, in the future we're going to uh, next week, uh, or I should say, our next taping, we're going to be talking about when where does the magic come from, and uh, we did talk about this actually before in one of the earliest podcasts we did for the Tri Tech podcast. If you want to go and review some of the stuff we were doing then, uh, but uh, we will be going over that because that's going to, you know, where the magic comes from is going to make a big factor as to you know what, what kind of a mage you are, how you're going to be able to cast spells. You know what limitations you're going to have. You know, and we'll get into that when we do the uh, when we do that topic. So, thanks everybody for being here. You know, uh, post your comments about what we've talked about so far um, on the uh, on Facebook. Uh, if there's anything in particular you want us to talk about on uh, this subject. Please also post that in our various discussion groups. And if we don't already have it as a talking point, we'll be glad to add it. Uh, But mostly get involved in this because, you know, with TriTech, you know, if you're a a longtime member of TriTech, you know, this is your future as well. So, you know, we're trying to produce uh, a system that we want, think we hope that more than just ourselves are going to want. And uh, hopefully, you know, your input would be helpful. And us basically coming up with a superior magic system that can be used by a lot of people, and uh, we hope to get that done. Um, I don't know when. You know, this is one of these projects where it's kind of my on my plate, so I can say that uh, I'm going to do my my best to get this into something at least you know playtestable uh, within uh, before GenCon, and uh, we'll see what we can do. But um, we'll have more for you next week. But until then. This is Bruce Sheffer,
1: saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait till you see what's coming next.
2: And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun.
0: Yo, brothers. This was the tri Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucka, you best attribute this to the folks at Tritech Games. And if you don't, we'll be having your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers.